Truth Fly Scripture. I am Jordan Shambly, joined by Wesley Wildman. And again, in studio, we have a new special guest with us, M.D. Perkins, producer of In His Image documentary. Yes, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. So last week, we talked to Kendra, uh, Kendra White. Uh, She was working on this documentary as well. We opened up this conversation about what the documentary is about, how you as a listener can engage with uh, what's going on. we also reminded our audience of some of the uh, AFS and some of the things they've done over the last couple of years. So mm-hmm. just tell us a little bit some of the projects that y'all worked on in the last couple of years, and then we'll get into what we can expect from this one. Yeah, so one of the biggest projects that we did, uh, released in 2018, was a documentary called The God Who Speaks. And that was a project that I directed and produced about the authority of the Bible and why we can trust the Bible as God's holy and inerrant word. Mm. And of course, we do all kinds of uh, curriculums and things like that. We did a curriculum with Richard Howe on um, on kind of getting into the nuts and bolts of what does it mean mm. for God to reveal himself, uh, both in nature and in scripture. Mm. So it deals with that. We we do cultural institutes and kind of these lecture series and uh, all kinds of video projects. Worldview projects. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good because uh, those are all the things you mentioned about the authority of scripture worldview issues those are all the basic foundations to what we're going to talk about today (laughs) yeah yeah i mean you don't have to go in our culture very far to find that there's a lot of confusion about gender uh sexual orientation and can you live x lifestyle and still be a christian yeah um and that's one that's probably one of the main topics that you talk about in the in his image uh documentary um so one, one question, uh, uh, how does that relate to being made in the image of God? How does um, being X whatever? And yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> everything relates to being in, made in the image of right. God by the fact that God created us. And so he ultimately is the one who mm-hmm. gets to define who we are and what we do mm-hmm. and what all of that means for us. I mean, when people take on these certain identity markers, they want to be defined for themselves based on their own experiences, their own way of thinking. Um, their own ideas, they want to say, I want to be the one who defines who I am and what I do, rather than anyone else. And of course, that's counter to, to God's design and his intention in making us male and female and him making us, uh, reconciling us to himself in Christ. And so all of those kinds of things are really important for us to realize if we're going to talk about these kinds of issues in the culture that we aren't, we aren't just having a conversation about um, ideas, Mm. we are ultimately having a conversation of how do we know what we know to be true? Mm. There's a crisis of epistemology (laughs) these days that doesn't seem to even understand that fundamental aspect. Well, Jordan, you just jumped right in there, didn't you? My word. Absolutely. (laughs) This is what we do. At at least least (laughs) let them get off the ground here. Hey, on a serious note, let's take two steps back real quick, and we'll get into some more questions about the documenting, but where, uh, what was your role on the film, and how did you go about carrying um, this baton across mm-hmm. the finish line? Yeah, so uh, as a producer on the project, I help in a practical sense of setting up interviews, making sure that we have all that we need. When we go into a place to film with somebody, you've got to decide, hey, what does this look like? Mm-hmm. What kind of setting are we in? Are we in a library? Are we in an office? Are we outside? You know, all of those kinds mm-hmm. of questions. Are we in a church? 
and then um, working to make sure that we have everything on that regard and getting the crew there safely and with enough time to kind of prepare for the interview mm. and uh, all of those logistics. And then there's an oversight component uh, creatively. Um, Kendra as director ultimately had full and final veto power, but right. you know she, she craves collaboration and, and film is a collaborative medium. So having somebody else to bounce ideas off of, um, I, I started to dig into some of the research to help her um, kind of go along as she's preparing interviews and things. I'm reading books and kind of bringing in these ideas. Hey, I read this, you know, Michael Brown said this in his book. Um, you know, what do you deal with this idea? And then kind of throwing that out there. And so that kind of back and forth collaborative process was, um, you know, that's, that's how American Family Studios works. Yeah. That's, you know, we're, we're a small team, we're a tight knit group. And we love that kind of collaborative back and forth of uh, creating a project. Okay, building off that. We're going to get to the tough one, Jordan. We're okay, going to get there. I just want to get to the tough <laughs> one, so okay. <laughs> hey, hey, building off that, though, uh, you mentioned, too, having worked on The God Who Speaks, The Authority mm -hmm. of God's Scripture. How do we go about, we meaning y'all mm -hmm. and the team, and uh, I know there's a, I say we because there's a couple times leadership at AFA looked at the film and made some suggestions. How did we or y'all go about sorting through um, and making sure that this accomplishes the goal, but also doesn't compromise the scripture? Well, the first thing you have to do is you have to be grounded in the scripture yourself. So before we ever really fully committed ourselves to this project, it was a process of reading and praying, mm -hmm. studying for yourself to be sure that you yourself know what, you're actually, what you actually believe, and then so that you can step out confidently and be able sure. to kind of understand the issues. But one of the real practical things, I mean, I say practical, think people don't think of it as practical, but twice a, twice a week we had a prayer group of other people uh, within the ministry who would come and pray Amen. with us mm -hmm. over different aspects of this project. And having that kind of rhythm twice a week of taking our needs and our cares before the Lord, reminded, reminding ourselves mm -hmm. of our own our own inability yes. to accomplish the purposes, to understand, I mean, who are we? We're just, you know, yeah. we're filmmakers. Like, yeah. I mean, we have to understand a lot of different things, but it's like we, but we have to say like the Apostle Paul, like who is sufficient for these things? You know, yeah. so we have to lay ourselves before the Lord. And so that was one of those practical things of just, as you do that, you, you, you sure. are enabled to do yeah. the task that God has called you to do. And this Amen. was a calling, you know, yeah. I mean, it's obviously like we worked for a ministry that wanted this project, but yeah. we also had to take ownership ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so once we finally did, it, it actually did uh, open ourselves up to, to what God was calling us to with this project. Right. And I, I just the idea of sitting down and being like, okay, we're going to make a comprehensive documentary that's tackling the this issue <laughs> yeah, this right. huge yeah. issue um that's that sounds really intimidating to me oh yeah yeah so in in as you're tackling this issue as a team did you find that um that the culture uh seemed to throw new things at you like as you're going through this process or did you find that it's pretty much everything everything coming up everything coming up in our culture in our society is about the same thing maybe with a different face yeah so there's two aspects to that. First mm -hmm. of all, yeah, there was that initial kind of um, hesitation mm -hmm. to really get into it. Like, are we really about to put our names <laughs> to this? Yeah. And this is going to be our job for the next two years is to figure out all the ins and outs of this stuff and right. be able to present it. You know, just opening yourself up to that kind of attack spiritually. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, people get angry about this topic. I mean, this is something that people make death threats about and and 
you know, uh, really give you a hard time about your beliefs. Hard time to say the least, depending on which <laughs> group you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's said politely. <laughs> so, so there was that aspect of it. And the, um, the other side was just um, the, the conversation is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. And so, but there are those fundamental principles underneath it all. So trying to be able to sift through and understand what is a fundamental principle that applies to all of these other things. And then what is just an aspect of the changing cultural conversation mm-hmm. so that you know how to apply this principle in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like a random thing like uh, conversion therapy mm-hmm. is kind of one of these hot button topics right. these days. Well, nobody even used the phrase conversion therapy really even 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. You probably never heard that when you no. were growing up. But it's one of those things that's kind of come out and, you know, people have their way of kind of thinking about it and, and just defining it. So you have to be aware of how someone else is defining terms. Yes. And then you've got to come in with with whatever the, the true yes. definition is. Yes. And so, like, you know, that's kind of the fundamental yeah. issue that you're always facing. Yeah. Just being grounded in kind of, I don't know, like, for me, I found, like, the most important thing was just understanding what is someone actually saying? Yes. What are they trying to argue for? Because yeah. you can immediately jump in, launch mm-hmm. in on any yeah. kind of Based argument. Yeah, or the headline yeah. or the title. Yeah, you know, and it's easy to do that, especially on social media. I, I actually don't participate on yeah. Facebook or anything like that anymore, but I have to look at it a lot sure. for research. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, it's so, that, that kind of thing happens all the time. If somebody says one thing and then somebody jumps in on a phrase mm-hmm. or a way that something is worded or the tone of the yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. or whatever. And the, <laughs> they're really kind of arguing against the tone sometimes more than they are the conversation but or then the content or what and, try- yeah, yeah yeah and then sometimes it's just th- this gut reaction right. against something that was said yes. but really underneath there is an issue that they have yeah. that they don't want to voice sure. and so trying to understand what that actual underlying question is is you yeah, know. could you repeat that one more time <laughs> no, no but on a serious note we did talk about that last week kendra we mm-hmm. said that the way i phrased it then was the there's always a lot of times there's a question behind the question mm-hmm. and so uh i've seen that on my own ministry when i've worked with people and and uh done ministry before in fact just recently there was a local pastor that i believe misspoke from the pulpit and so i called him and instead of telling him what he said mm-hmm. i asked him to clarify what mm-hmm. he said and in doing so we hmm. came to the right conclusion. I just believe it, it, what he uses an yeah. exaggeration of the word. Yeah. But so it helped, and it helped him think better when he. And the next time it came up, he knew to think a little right. better and consider that this is how it could be interpreted, as mm-hmm. opposed to me just calling, "Hey, why did you?" Blah, 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 you know what right. I mean. So asking for cl- clarification most of the time will get you a lot further than yeah. assuming. Now, I'll, I'll, we know in living in a broken world that you are will uh, come in conflict with those that. Ultimately, even after the yeah. definitions are clarified, don't agree mm-hmm. with the scriptures, sure. which what we're advocating for. And then that's where um, it's important that we begin. We continue to pray and be available and ready for when they are open to ask questions. Right. Yeah. So uh, there's a couple questions that uh, Jordan and I wanted to ask you. He already asked you one, but why do I, I – one of the things I've seen in my – I don't know, ever since I've become more aware of the culture, you know, high school, not so much, college, you're trying to, you know, Mm -hmm. things are put in front of you so you can't help it. And then you get out of college, you get a family, kids paying bills, and this stuff is just, this stuff meaning the LGBT agenda is just rampant, okay? Why then, if if what they're saying is so true and they, for them and they believe it and they like it and it's all good and they're doing their own thing, and it, at one point the movement was live and let live, okay? Yeah. Why is it at this point in 2020 is it so necessary to 
force or coerce or make people out to believe deceptively mm. that the church and Christianity has had this wrong for 6,000 years, just from the New Testament, 2,000 years of church history, that we've got it wrong and the scripture actually affirms it. Why, why, why the need for that? I mean, why don't they just do their own thing and we, <laughs> we believe the Bible and they don't? Mm. Go ahead. Right, that's one of those real <laughs> mysteries, isn't it? You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, why do liberal Christians exist theologically? You sure, know, that's you what I mean. Basically, yeah, yeah. reject the scripture. That's it. Yeah. Why do you still call yourself a Christian? Yes. Well, I mean, spiritually, underneath that, we do understand that there is a spiritual enemy at work, and his desire is to deceive the church and to lead people astray into mm-hmm. darkness and bondage to sin, and ultimately destruction in hell. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> There's that aspect of it. But why does an individual feel the need? Well, part of it is just that desire for affirmation. Mm. Um, You know, one of the last holdouts in culture and society on affirming this, you know, we've lost uh, the medical argument, Mm -hmm. we've lost the political structures, the family structures broken down, Mm -hmm. you know, people's experiences are proving to be different. And so, you know, this kind of pluralistic culture like the, but the last holdout within that pluralistic society is the church Amen. and so yeah i mean that's certainly we I want the church saying. to hold yes. firm yeah, but sure, like sure. but there's that desire to get the church to capitulate on mm-hmm. this and to shift its emphasis to just go along with everybody else mm-hmm. like if ev- if all of society is saying that this is fine this is normal this is good and this is healthy mm-hmm. why can't you guys get on board mm-hmm. and so there's that desire to have the church mm-hmm. shift its position sure. seemingly mm-hmm. innocuously you know yeah. like, it's not that big of a deal <laughs> yeah, to yeah. just like the bible only mentions homosexuality Couple. what like six times uh, yeah, that so kind of, yeah, sure. like you yeah. know, can't you guys just kind of get on board with this? Maybe Paul didn't really mean the same thing and about Jesus homosexuality. Didn't use those exact words. Yeah, Jesus never <laughs> mentioned homosexuality. So, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, those I kinds understand. of things. So, th- I think that's where it okay. is. It's just this desire for affirmation and approval and to get everyone on board. And why? But, like, to your point, why should they care what the church thinks about mm-hmm. this? I think there is that innate God given mm-hmm. desire, mm-hmm. that recognition that. I am not right with God, mm. that I want God to agree with me on mm. this, and I want to shut out that voice of conviction mm. or yeah. shame, and to kind of be able to mask that with, with this voice of affirmation. Well, well, there's lots of people in the church that are actually affirming this, so you know, then that gets held up against conservatives and said, well, you guys just need to need to get on board yeah. with yeah. this. Wow. And uh, as you're talking about that, I'm, I'm reminded of the the um, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, mm. you know, in the yeah. Old Testament and how, I mean, everyone else around them was capitulating. Everyone else was taking a knee and, 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 and worshiping the, the king. And they were the ones who stood out from that. And what the, a correlation that I see there is um, when we when you look at social media, I'm sure you've done mm-hmm. this, like you said, um, there's a lot of arguments from logic. There's a lot of arguments from science back and forth on both sides, but eventually it has to boil down to the word of God Yeah. It, because in the end, that, that is the last word. And, 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 and in the, the case of those three Hebrew men, that's what it was. They, they didn't, they didn't argue necessarily from logical standpoints or scientific standpoints. And they could have done that. They said, they could have said to the King, you're just a man. You can yeah. bleed just like we can, but they went directly to the word of God. Yeah. And how much of an encouragement or, or, a, or a conviction should that be on us? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the word of God is foundational. Mm-hmm. You know, as I alluded to earlier, we have a crisis of epistemology. Epistemology is just being the big word for how do we know what we know? Mm-hmm. How do we know what is true? Mm-hmm. 
And so I believe that we live in, in that day of not really, there's so many conflicting voices, you right. know? I mean, how do you, how do you, how can you even trust what certain people are saying about things like the coronavirus? You know, I mean, just take that one little example and there's, there's all kinds of different views about, well, this person says this, this person says that, you know, but to get down to, to kind of fundamental spiritual matters, how do we know what's true in an eternal sense? Well, we can only know what's true because the one who is eternal <laughs> told us what is true. Right. And so we have to put our trust and our faith in that. And so that's, that's kind of gets us right down to the scripture again. Hey, kind of reset here. Where can they find out more about the project we're talking about? Because this is the documentary that AFS produced, and we're really excited about it. We want, mm-hmm. we want you to know more about it and get the hand in the hands of your youth pastor, mm-hmm. your church, and your small groups. In his image dot movie is the website. Okay, and um, you should have all kinds of information there about the release and uh, anything else we have attached to it. Awesome. And there's a short uh, clip on there too, as well, that mm-hmm. gives you a sneak peek on that. On that, and that's something you can forward and send around too. Once you watch the sneak peek, you're gonna want to watch the more because watch more because it gives you. And we mentioned this last week, but I'll say it again: it gives you a tremendous amount of tools and resources and uh, uh, ways in, in order to articulate what many Christians know to be true, but can't explain it because they've been taught yeah. it, but they haven't read it or learned it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Now, in, in all your research, as you're, as you're looking through Twitter feed and you're, mm-hmm. you're going through all the mess for us, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> somebody has to yeah, do it. Yeah, somebody has to do it. We have MD, MD Perkins to do it for us. At least you know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, did, you, did you find any patterns of thought, um, whether it's from... Uh, people claiming to be Christians who want to affirm homosexuality or, or, or whatever, or from people who aren't Christians at all. Um, did you find any patterns of thought that's, that stood out to you as to what, what seemed to be like a common objection mm-hmm. to what is really biblical? Yeah. So there's pretty much most objections, I feel like, to what the Bible says, which by the way, the Bible is clear about mm-hmm. homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Leviticus 18, 22, man shall not lie with a man as with a woman mm-hmm. for it is an abomination. Mm-hmm. Romans one, mm-hmm. and the, the, the things that's laid out there where it's called a shameless act mm-hmm. or dishonorable passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were the words that Paul used. He called them unnatural, contrary to nature. So it's pretty clear <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. what the Bible says about it. But the big argument that people throw out is just that, well, when the Bible talks about it, it's not really talking about what we know now as homosexuality. Hmm. And so that's, you know, because what we know now about homosexuality is more internalized. It's more kind of like the sensibility or this mentality, this attraction towards someone of the same sex. It's not necessarily acting out in the behavior. So they reject um, Leviticus huh. that talks about specifically about the homosexual act yeah. and mm-hmm. and say things like, well, you know, that's referring to like cult prostitution or something. That's really what Paul's getting down to. His real problem is, is with kind of this cultic idolatrous worship. It's not really with this. And so, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, like I said, the dishonorable passion mm-hmm. idea, the word there in the Greek is actually pathos, which means this, this kind of... Um, this mm-hmm. feeling that the mind suffers it's not it's not necessarily even directly lustful fantasizing it's just this this kind of inclination mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. like but there's this push against that and to kind of say that like well Paul didn't really know what we know now but you know if you've ever read anything into the history of the history of homosexuality as I have had to, sure. um, you, you actually find a great deal of diversity in terms of how people think about and talk about homosexuality back mm-hmm. then. 
you know, um, how they describe causation or where these things come from, um, how, they, uh, how they think about just the existence of different types of experiences. And, and to give a biblical example, since we wanna be grounded in the Bible, how do I know that, by, that Paul knows more about homosexuality than most people want to give him credit for? Is by the fact that he mentions lesbianism in Romans 1. That's a good See, point. lesbianism was not really commonly talked about in Greek culture much. There's really like one author called Sappho who was from the island of Lesbos, which is actually where we get the term lesbian. And so like she, she wrote about kind of erotic poetry about love and, and commitment between women. And so the, you know, she's kind of the, really the only historical example from that era, you know, from classical antiquity right. that we have. And yet Paul in Romans one mentions it on the same level as, as male on male homosexuality, yeah. which, you know, was obviously the more common form practiced sure. in that day. So the fact that Paul even recognizes that, I think is a really good indication that Paul knows more about this than a lot of people have given him credit for. Mm -hmm. He's more well-rounded, he's more well-researched, but he also, even if he didn't have any direct experience with lesbians, than himself, mm -hmm. he still recognizes that biblically the same principle right. that applies to men with men would apply to women with women because right. it mars the image of God and God's intention in natural marriage, male-female marriage. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the major, uh, I guess, uh, holdups or arguments against the against the biblical mm -hmm. view of uh, homosexuality. What would be another one from either the Old Testament or the New Testament? Um, say it again. What, what would be another? Okay, we just discussed the uh, one of the um, arguments mm -hmm. against the biblical view of homosexuality using the scriptures mm -hmm. for the opposer for for those that are in opposition to the true biblical. Oh, okay, view. I got you. Yeah. So, what would be another one from the Old Testament or New Testament? Um, one of the other uh, opposition um, things that's just thrown out is that basically whatever it said. In, in Leviticus especially, you know, because they want to say, well, that's the law. The sure. law was fulfilled in Christ. Hmm. And now Christ's new yeah. law uh -huh. is to love one another. And okay. so this, this whole idea that, well, Christ really just brought this whole love, radical inclusion, this whole idea, you know, because he reached out to outcasts and people hmm. who were marginalized and all of that. And so really that's the pattern that we should follow. That's what they say. Sure. Of course, they, they seem to completely miss that Christ himself said, I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it, Christ himself seemed to hold sexual immorality on very heavy terms um, because he even expanded the terms of sexual immorality, not just the sexual act anymore, but even yeah, the, the lustful thoughts of the mind, the heart, these desires that are, that are iniquitous and you know, lustful in themselves. And he said exactly. that is on the same level as committing adultery before God. So it's quite the opposite of right. what they accused Jesus of. Yeah, so like Paul, I mean, Christ didn't, uh, you know, minimize <laughs> the, the teachings yeah. on, yeah. on uh, sexuality. He actually maximized them. Yeah. He, he took them to their fullest extent and said, it's not just what you do, it's also what you think, what you desire, mm. how you act in your mind and heart you know, that, that matters before God. So it's not just, you know, living a n nice squeaky clean image. Sure. And I know that uh, y'all do, uh, maybe not in the documentary, but y'all will in the, uh, what are you calling the, the stuff that y'all provide in addition oh, to? Oh, the special features special on the DVDs. Features. Yeah. I know in the special feature DVDs, y'all will get into that more yeah. so than you do in the, in the documentary. But I know for me, and I, and I know, like I said, y'all are going to get into it more, but for me, I've always understood if you just to paraphrase, if you need like a 30 second version of that, is that uh, the Ten Commandments and the Sermon on the Mount mm. are things that are 
understood to be uh, firm in the scripture from front to cover. At, mm-hmm. uh, that's the moral laws, what yeah. you call, and that doesn't change with ceremonial laws or with uh, uh, civic laws, civic yeah. laws yeah. things like that, that will kind of change over time right. for different reasons depending yeah. on the circumstances. Those moral laws don't change. And within that would be uh, gender. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because even Christ himself makes a change to the food laws there in Mark 7, I think mm-hmm. it is. And it says in parentheticals, the author adds, and by this Christ made all foods clean. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, so sure. like the idea is that Christ saying this, and that's actually that, that whole passage is in the context of talking about sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. So it, it, he's making the food laws yep. clean, but he's not making the, the sexual moral laws right. clean or changing the implications of those. Exactly. So I mean, those kinds of passages give us a, a framework for understanding for understanding biblical ethics mm. the way that Christ and the apostles understood it. Yeah, yeah and so um, again, the uh, website to go find out more about this is mm-hmm. inhisimage.movie, and we'll have those links in the show notes for yeah. you as well as some other information. Um, and, and as I'm listening to the, the these objections to biblical teaching on homosexuality, uh, it, it seems to me like at best, this is ignorance of the word of God. Um, and at worst, it's just Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely throwing it out altogether, um, but I, I can feel I feel the temptation sometimes to um, to appear, <laughs> I guess, intellectual. I guess I don't know, um, mm-hmm. and keep the Bible and keep the Word of God as sort of a secondary weapon to go mm. to in yeah. this discussion. And I know that many Christians probably feel that way for whatever reason. Is the Bible? Is the Bible sufficient for this debate? And what is our goal, even? <laughs> Two things. The Bible mm-hmm. is absolutely sufficient in this debate because the Bible is sufficient in itself. Mm-hmm. It is the only ground of truth and knowing truth from error. Secondly, it's interesting. Paul in Romans 1 also says he makes that appeal to nature. He doesn't make the appeal to the law. So Paul implies by its very reality that homosexuality should on its face be recognized mm-hmm. as sinful and and unnatural hmm. to the natural man. So I mean, even appealing to things in nature or, or the 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 ways that God has ordained and set things up is not inappropriate because that's actually part of God's revelation as well. You just have to be careful that you don't put so much emphasis on the natural yes. world, mm-hmm. and you you understand it through the lens it's of the scriptures. Yes, mm-hmm. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we got uh, twenty seconds left. How can we pray for the project? Yeah. Well, just pray for um, pr- for all the communications. There's mm-hmm. a lot of questions is about how the release will feel, uh, how it will look. But, um, you know, we want people to be able to see the film and to really be impacted by it. You know, pray for those who are going to watch this movie who have questions yeah. or who are struggling themselves either with their sexuality or with some of the questions about the Bible. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for this program. Yes. And listeners, again, please pray for this pro- project. Uh, follow the links in the show notes to find out more. And as always, continue to share truth and apply scripture. We'll see you next week. Thank you.